here's what I want to talk with you about today. Somebody, somebody caught me in the lobby and said, what are you talking about today? And I said, we're talking about love. And they said, oh, great. We love love. Do you guys love love? You, <laughs> I, I love love. So listen to this for a second. Uh, one of Jesus' disciples, and it's really funny, if you read his first book, he keeps saying that he was Jesus' favorite. I'm curious, Pastor Jeremy asked a lot of questions about where you were in your family. How many of you are the favorite? <laughs> only, the only ones raising their hands probably don't have siblings at the church here. That's really funny. Okay, so, okay. so he says he's Jesus' favorite, and he writes a lot about love. He writes a lot about love in his, his gospel. Anybody know who I'm talking about yet? Yes, the Apostle John. So John, he was also the, probably the youngest, and we know that he lived the longest. He, he lived a long, long time. Now, the Romans and the, the Jews, they tried to kill him, but they weren't successful. This is, this is crazy history, but they actually boiled him in oil, and he did not die. And he actually preached from the oil, and then when he didn't die, everybody got saved. Isn't that wild? And they think he looked kind of wild, kind of weird after that. But anyway, this book he wrote um, years later, and it's called, it's his first John in chapter four. I want to read this to you, and I want you to think about how this kind of love is the way you love, either in your family or with people around you. Let's see if you really love like this. He says right here, but you belong to God, my dear children. Don't you love how he calls us dear children? I don't know about you, it, it always catches me surprised if I'm out somewhere and the waitress says, honey, I'm like, hey, what's up with that? I'm not used to that, right? Except for my wife, I mean, that's different. But when people speak to you in, with enduring terms like that, this is how he talked to the Christians that he led and, and, and worked with. So he says, my dear children, you have already won a victory over those people because the spirit lives in you. The spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. So what he's saying here is God's spirit lives in you. And because of that, you can live different. He says those people belong to this world. So they speak from the world's viewpoint and the world listens to them. But we belong to God and those who know God listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. And this is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. Then he starts to talk about love. Dear friends. I think of you as dear friends. I hope you feel the same way about me. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. And anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. He loves us. And because he loves us, we're supposed to love other people. So I just want to talk for a few minutes about what that looks like. So let me ask you this. Who loves you? You don't have to answer out loud. Who loves you? Think about it for a second. When I, yes, I know God, but okay, when I say who loves you, who do you think of? And then I'm curious how you know it. How do they show they love you? Now, he talked about God loving us and the way God demonstrated his love by sending Jesus, but how do you, how do you know the people around you or the people in your family or whoever loves you loves you? How do you know? Now, let me ask you a question. Who do you love? Again, you don't, don't answer out loud. Who do you love? And how do they know? How do you show them that you love them? Now, there's a lot of ways to do this, of course. 
but how do you do it? Here's what you need to understand. God never intended us to go through life alone. He intended us for us to be in loving relationships and for us to love other people. That means relationship. So who do you love and how do they know? How does that work? Who's the priority in your life? If I ask you to list the people you love or the things you love in priority, what would that look like? Now we're in church, so what's the first thing supposed to be? God, right? He's supposed to be first. And if you're married, your spouse, right? Your family, friends, job, right? You could list a lot of things. Anything else you love? Pizza. (laughs) I didn't say that. Someone else said that. I just repeated what they said. Uh, There are other things we love. And here is something true. In your minds, you probably all put a hierarchy of things you love, right? I asked you to do that, so hopefully your mind, you did it. Now, here's something very true. The things on the top should, should have a lot to do and say about the things that are lower down. The things on the top have the biggest priority, right? The things that are lower down are things you could sacrifice for the things up top, but you should never ta- sacrifice what's on top. God gave everything for us. That's why he gave his son. That's, he showed how much he loved us by giving us his son. I mean, the other things, you know, go up and down. So let me ask you another question. The people that are in your list, do they know? Guess what? They probably do. They probably do. Because the way you show that love, either by words or actions, they know. They know where they are in the list. They probably already know. And... This may be challenging for some of you. If you feel like the list is out of order and me saying that they know makes you feel like, oh, wait a minute, they know, then you need to change the list, the order, right? Let's think about this for a few more minutes. Do you ever think about um, how people use social media? I I mentioned this one week, and I didn't make a big deal about it because it wasn't like a church thing, but... I was at a conference where the, one of the speakers challenged us to get off social media for a month. So the entire month of July, I, what I did is I uninstalled social media from my phone. So I had it on my church computer so I could check messages, but that's all I did. I didn't, I didn't do it. And what, what I noticed is not being on there myself. It was something I did for myself. I didn't do it as a spiritual exercise because somebody said, are you fasting social media? Because I haven't seen you post anything. And I said, no, not, I, I wouldn't call it a fast. But there were a lot of spiritual implications that I gained from it. But it, had nothing, it wasn't like a spiritual thing I did. First thing I noticed is the time I had. Way more time. And I really felt convicted about what I was spending my time on. And I thought, I, I, I enjoy, I, I love the outdoors. I, I love seeing pictures of things like that. But the time I was consuming with that could be better spent, invested in way other things. And I felt convicted about that. Something else I thought about was the fact that, did you know the word, does anybody know the word selfie? Do you know it was added to the dictionary in 2017? Do you know what else other word was added to the dictionary after that? Selfie-itis. Do you know what that is? I know it sounds funny to even say that, because usually an itis, anything with itis is an inflammation. Did you know that? Think about it. I mean, dermatitis, it's inflammation. So if you have selfie-itis, what do you have? Inflated self. Do you see how that works? How many of you have ever put a selfie on? You can raise your hands if you want. but There's nothing wrong with it. 
I, I don't think it's wrong unless it's inflated, right? Now, I, don't, I, I didn't really suffer from that, but I'll tell you one thing I missed is seeing pictures of people. Because I wondered, hey, I wonder what these people are doing. And, and I knew, you know, like, for instance, Pastor, Pastor Jerry and Tracy were on vacation. I didn't see any pictures of your trip. And I don't know if you posted any or not, but I didn't know. And I kept thinking, I wonder what's going on. I mean, I, I wonder what's happening with that. And different people I knew were on a, a vacation or something. I thought, oh, I wonder how their trip's going. And I don't know. I, I missed a month. I mean, I don't know if I missed much. But, but here's what's interesting. It got me thinking. What does that say about ourselves that, that we've actually created a word that means I'm putting myself out there? Does that mean we love ourselves a lot? Or maybe it means that we're not really sure about ourselves. And so we feel the need to put it out there. I don't know. I was just thinking about it, but I, I thought it was interesting. And so I, I started to do a couple research things. And I was one thing made me really sad. Uh, current research says that 80% of girls online distort their image with a filter. And when, when I say distort, they change their image yeah. with a filter. Now, I don't know a lot about that, I'll be honest with you. But what it told me was they don't like how they look and they want to change it to some degree. Now, some of that's fine, I get that. But what I, what I really thought was funny is some of the things, did you know how many, this is crazy. There's 92 million selfies taken daily across the United States. Now, there's 330 million people in the United States. That means almost a quarter of the people are taking a selfie every day and, and posting it, at least. What's crazy is, right now, they estimate that in 2022, there's been 2.3 billion photos taken every day. Now, most of those, of course, stay on people's phones and they never go anywhere. And then, but still, they're out there. What's interesting, too, I just, let me just mention a couple of these things. Individuals spend 54 hours a year or seven minutes a day taking these pictures. Um, another thing is interesting. Not, not everybody has done this. It says only 52% of adults have actually taken a selfie. But 4% of people do it every day. Um, did you know this is kind of, it's not funny. Oh. Okay. More people die from shark or from taking selfies than sharks in a year. Isn't that crazy? Listen to this. I know. I thought, what a funny statistic. Okay, it's not funny anybody dies. Don't get me wrong. I, I came out way wrong. Uh. <laughs> but everybody's afraid of sharks. But selfies are actually responsible for five times as many deaths as sharks. So 43 people in a year versus eight. And I don't know how I didn't go into detail. I was tempted, but I didn't, I didn't dive, dive into that. What is also amazing is how many times people had to take a picture to be okay with the picture before they posted it. And it made me wonder, are we not telling people that we love them just like they are? That they need to feel like somehow they make themselves look different to be loved? I don't know. I just started wondering about that. I want to challenge you to this. Um, I don't, it, it can be a very spiritual exercise. But maybe as I'm talking about this, you feel like you're maybe a little selfie-centered. Maybe selfie-itis is you. I don't know. I'm not thinking of anybody, I promise. It's not even on my mind. But i got to be honest with you. When I did the research on taking that month off, what it did for me is it made me realize I was wasting time on things that didn't, weren't that important. But one of the other things that I wondered about and did some research on, and they say that um, social media has dramatically increased people's depression, their focus on the wrong things, their self-esteem, and then their obsession with what other people are doing. None of those are healthy. 
So talking about this love, how do, we, how do we really accept this love and make sure that we're loving each other the right way? Remember, I asked you, do those people know that you love them? So as a church, you know, our mission is to love God, love others. That's the mission of every Christian. If we put God first and we love him the way we're supposed to, he says that's defined by how we treat other people. So we are going to love other people differently. I want to challenge you to do some things this week and even start today, even before you leave here. I want to challenge you to make that love active, to show it. And I'm going to give you some ideas on that. One is to show gratitude, to be thankful. Now, this, this is true for any of you, anybody in here, kids especially. You know, there's so many things your parents do for you that you don't realize and you maybe don't even appreciate because you just take it for granted because they do it every day and that's what moms do or that's what dads do. But I want to challenge you today, thank them for that. You know, if they made your breakfast, like I guess we made your breakfast, well, if they, whatever they do for you, thank them. Just think about it and thank them. You might write a note. That's almost a lost art today, writing notes. Just write something down. Maybe send some person a note and thank them. If you're a hugger, maybe hug them. You know, squeeze them real tight. I want to mention this to you too. I want to encourage you to encourage each other. Somebody told me this years ago, and they said encouragement is, is more powerful when you encourage people and you give specifics. You say, I really like how you did this, how you said this, how, how you, you, know, you, you were careful and you picked this thing up, or how you, how you made sure and took care of the car, or maybe, maybe it's you know, how you made your bed. I mean, those are simple little things, but when you tie it to something very specific, people feel it better. They feel it deeper. They feel that encouragement longer and think about it more. I'm going to challenge you to do this, to be agreeable. When uh, Pastor Jeremy asked how many cups of coffee, is it, was that right? How many of you only drink less than a cup a day? What is that? Who does? Okay. How many of you only drink two cups a day? Okay. How many drink more than that? Okay, there's my people right there. All right. I was just like, wait a minute. What's wrong with these people? But uh, I know people who I really feel like I, I want to offer them a cup of coffee in the morning. You, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I mean, you run into people and you think, man, already it's a bad day because it day just started. And I, 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 I'm kidding about that. But I want to challenge you to be agreeable. Now, that may sound strange. And uh, my mom is going to listen to this. Or maybe she's listening live. Mom, I'm not sure if you're listening right now. But she used to say something to me when I was a kid. And it used to always make me stop and think. But she used to say, this makes her sound mean, and she's not. But she'd say, if you don't change your attitude, what does she say? <laughs> I'll change it for you. And uh, that probably happened a couple times. I don't remember that ever happening. All I remember is I could change my attitude. I could do it. And she would, <laughs> she would look at me and say, change your attitude, and I could change it. Now, what does that mean? What it means is I can choose to be agreeable around people, whether that's my family. Have you ever noticed that sometimes we give our family the second best? Like we put it on for people here at church. Can't tell you how many times when I was a youth pastor, I'd tell a parent how much I enjoyed their, their kid, and they'd say, my kid? And I'd say, no, they're awesome. And they're like, really? Like what? And I would tell them, oh, they're great conversationalists. They do this. They help out. They do all these things. Like, oh, I wish he would do that at home. You know what? Do it at home. Do it at home. Give your best to your family. They deserve it. They and I know, I know I can hear somebody saying, I just want to let it all down and be relaxed. You know what? That's fine. But be agreeable in doing that. That's what I'm saying. I want to tell you this too. Forgive. 
I was really thinking about this week and about, I had talked to somebody and they, um, they were telling me about a situation that had actually happened years before. And I couldn't figure, at first that wasn't obvious. As they were talking about it, they were so upset. It sounded like it was something that had just happened. And then part of the way they were telling me, I realized it didn't just happen. And I said, oh man, that's, I was listening because they were really upset. And I was, I was acknowledging their pain and their frustration because it was real. What had happened to them was wrong. Man, that's horrible. I can't imagine what that feels like. And then I just asked, when was that? And they said, four years ago. And I, I waited till the appropriate time. I tried to be very, very appropriate, but I just said, man, you've been carrying this pain a long time. And they said, yeah, I have. And I said, what would it be like to not carry that anymore? Man, it almost chokes me up thinking about it. Because their whole face just dropped, and they said, yeah, I'd really like to not carry this anymore. I said, why don't we forgive? And they said, well, you don't understand how bad it was. Like, no, I don't. I can't. I don't. But I do know this, that if you would forgive, you would be free. You would be free. We prayed about it. They're trying to forgive. I'm going to check back with them and see how it's going. You know what that is? Uh, Tim, Tim Davis mentioned this to me this last week. And um, he mentioned the difference between grace and mercy. And this is really true. Think about this for a second. Mercy, part, let me get this right. Grace is not getting what we deserve. You thought about that? God, God gave us so much. None of us deserve what he's given us. That's grace. To get what we deserve is, is actually fair, but he doesn't do that. And with other people, there's times we need to extend grace and not give them what they deserve. Instead, forgive. But then he clarified and he said, mercy, mercy is actually getting what we do not deserve. Uh, Did you catch the difference? Grace is not getting what we deserve. Mercy is getting what we don't deserve. When you give someone mercy, you give them what they do not deserve. In this situation with that guy I was talking to, They didn't deserve it, the person who hurt them. But he needed to give them that. He needed to have grace, not give them what they deserved, and he needed to extend mercy to them and give them what they didn't deserve. That's hard. You know where it's mostly hard? Sometimes it's in families. Have you noticed that? With our own families, we struggle with that because we expect more out of them and we live with them day in, day out, and the hurts are deeper, the frustrations may be a little hotter, anger a little deeper, But we need to forgive. C.S. Lewis said it this way, the holiest creature we encounter every day is another human being. When I was reading from 1 John, I want to read the next verse. I read those verses, but I want to read you verse 11 and 12. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. I don't know if you caught that or not. It's just two sentences. Let me read it again. Listen carefully. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, how much? To give his own son, right? We surely ought to love each other. It doesn't say in there, except when people have been mean or or when they have mistreated me or disappointed me. It doesn't say that. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, 
God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Here's how this works. If, even though we haven't seen God, if we love each other, it's as if God is in us loving them. He's in us. And the fullest expression of his love is expressed in the way we treat each other. I'm going to ask you to shut your eyes, everybody in the room, please. If you just close your eyes for a second. I want you to think about it for a minute. Two things I want to leave with you today. First thing is this. That list of people who you love, do they know it? And is that in the right order? And the second thing is this. Maybe you're here today. You're hearing about God's love today. Maybe you are that person who has not extended forgiveness and you need to, or maybe you need forgiveness. I don't know who's here. I don't know where you're at. God knows. I don't need to know. He knows. I'm curious. I'm just going to, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, I just want to ask a couple questions. The reason I do this is because it, there's something different about you hear something and your mind can say yes, but when your hand moves, your body moves, it's as if you say yes. So let me just ask that first question. Anybody here, you know that your relationship with God isn't right and you want it to be. And you, you want his forgiveness. You want that relation to be right today. Anybody at all like that? If you just raise your hand, I'll, I'll acknowledge that and we'll pray. I see that hand. I do see it. Anybody else? I see that hand too. I appreciate your hands. All right, let's, let's pray for that first. Everybody, if you just be patient with me as we pray for this. If you're watching online and you raise your hand, you, this prayer's for you. What I'm gonna do is basically, I'm gonna pray, and then as I'm saying these things out loud, you can just say them in your own heart and mind and mean them just the same way. Just repeat these with me. So let's just pray, and, and you listen to me pray, and you pray these if this is you. Father God, we come before you this morning, and we know that there's things we've done wrong, and we need forgiveness. We want relationship with you. We want our relationship with you to be everything it should be. So I ask this morning for forgiveness. I ask that you would restore relationship in the name of Jesus. And I accept that. I want to walk with you forever. In Jesus' name. With your head still bowed, I want to ask one more question. I know forgiveness is hard. I know it. I know it because I've struggled with it. I know it because of that experience I had this week. I know that there can be things that you've been carrying for a long time. So with your heads bowed, I'm just curious. Anybody want, maybe it's still hard, but you're just saying, you're just saying with your hand between you and God, God, I'm struggling with this, but I want to forgive this person. Anybody have a forgiveness struggle right now? And you just raise your hand. There's hands all over the place. Appreciate your honesty this morning. Let me just pray with us. Actually, would you all stand and we'll just pray together. Father, as we stand before you, help us with our unforgiveness. God, help us with the situations that are so big that it's difficult to forgive, that we are struggling. God, I pray that you would give us, help us from the inside out, knowing that you forgave us, that, you're, 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 that God the Father gave the Son, and all those things to help us forgive. I just pray you would help us, that God, you would help us to forgive, that we want to forgive, and you would help us to do that. And I pray this day by day by day that you would wash away that unforgiveness and we would be free. God, I pray that people would walk out of here free, that you would free us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. It's been good to have you here today. I'm going to send you out with one more challenge. 
Those people in your list that you put in there, make sure they know you love them today. Would you show them in some way? Those of you who, are, who are, have children here and you're you know, at any age, thank your parents today. Make sure that they know you are grateful for what they do. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.